Hey everybody, before we start Sad Times, I wanted to tell you about an amazing experience I had with my friend Tim, who is a product designer. Tim focuses on creating meaningful experiences, and he really does. He and I, along with a friend of ours, worked on a new logo that we're going to be rolling out soon, and it was a collaborative, really engaging process. His background is in tech, customer success, and music, and it brings a unique creative approach to each project. So if you or someone you know is looking for a designer to create new interfaces, logos, or perform UX research, Tim would love to have a conversation with you. The best way to reach him is through his website, timhain.com. I'll spell that. That's T-I-M-H-E-H-N.com. timhain.com. Click on the contact tab and fill out the contact form. You'll be glad you did. And now on with the show. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Sad Times, this being the edition where Kevin talks normal the whole fucking time. My name's Kevin, and I'm sorry to my parents for those curse words there. Uh, They raised me better than this, but this is how I talk. So that's how I talk into this microphone. This is Sad Times. For those of you who have never listened to Sad Times, welcome. Please subscribe. Please tell a friend or seven friends or even an enemy. Uh, Sad Times is a show in which we have a kind and generous guest come on each week and talk about times they were sad, upset, angry, traumatizing, and difficult events they have gone through. The goal here is not to diagnose the problem, to solve the problem, or to judge the problem, but to allow that person to tell their story so that you, uh, listening at home or in the boardroom or working on a pothole, uh, will feel maybe a little bit less alone because you've heard something in the story of somebody else that you can relate to, and then you will feel more open and open to share your stuff as well. So that's what Sad Times is. We do have a website, and I will not have Brent shame me anymore. I will say www. It is www.sadtimespodcast.com. You'll see all of our episodes on there. There's a place where you can fill out a form to be a guest on the show. We can let you know how that works and a number of other cool things. So please go check that out. And as I said, please subscribe where it is magically podcasts appear on your mobile mobile device. All right, before we get to this week's wonderful guest, we do need, of course, to pay the bills around here. And that's why we have this week's sponsor. This week's sponsor is the Samuel Alito Pick and Choose School of Our Nation's History and Tradition. You know, when you're done picking and choosing the parts of the Bible you think really actually came from God and those that came from some monk named Lawrence, and you still don't feel you've had your fill? Well, have we got a non-accredited university for you. Just like you decide to hate people different from you while ignoring the previous verse that states that you should never shave your face, you can now do the same with the history of our great nation. At the Samuel Alito Pick and Choose School of Our Nation's History and Tradition, we'll teach you how to shoehorn whatever destructive policy you wish to make the law of the land. Well, I don't have any children, but if I did, I would definitely be sending them there, Brent. Wade, uh, let's get them on the line and see if they want to sponsor some more episodes because they sound like a real stand-up organization. That sounds great. Okay, enough of that. Let's get to today's guest. She is one of my favorite people and a wonderful person and somebody I've known for, God, 12 years now, Jill. Jill, yeah, there she was. Hey, Jill, how's it going? It's great, Kevin. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm glad to hear you're much calmer than I am. Uh, and you are from the Chicagoland area, are you not? I am from the Chicagoland area, born and raised. Are you tired of it yet? No. No. I have the opportunity to leave, and I, I just can't. Can't do I can't. it? I actually, As a matter of fact, I'm trying to get more people to come to this lovely area what that is, we call home. What is generally your pitch when you're trying to get somebody to move to this area? Well, it is more affordable than those big name cities, which is mainly where I'm talking to other people, right? The, mm-hmm. the New Yorks and the San Frans. But you know, the the seasons. Wouldn't you love to experience all the seasons? You what? just, you, you really downplay winter and then it kind of works out. Yeah, maybe not all. What about like 75% of the seasons? <laughs> I'd be down with no, that. No, you, you need all of them because that's what makes you appreciate Chicago summers is the Chicago winter. That is That is a good point. I mean- 
I've always said there's no place better in the world than Chicago in the summer. And, but at the same time, if Chicago had no winter, it would not be Chicago. Correct. It would not be uh, the hog butcher to the world as, as uh, my friend and yours, Carl Sandberg wrote. Always. Yes. So you are trying to get people to move to Chicago. You grew up yeah. here. You went to school here. Uh, and you and I, like I said, we worked at a company together. You were my boss. I was your boss. Wasn't that fun? It was fun. And maybe not for you, uh, but I learned <laughs> a lot. I learned a lot uh, from you. Like the fact that when I'm being a real little petulant bitch, I roll my eyes. You do. It's great. It's yeah, great. Sh- and I and and I think the most fun is calling you out on it. So you know, which you did, and I said, "Oh my god, I was doing that." <laughs> great. It was great. So you grew up here, um, and tell us a little bit about your family and your background. Yeah, yeah. So uh, have a family of four, right? Have a mother, have a father, have a brother, seventeen months older than me. Um, very like I don't know, classic. Italian American. My dad's very Italian, uh, mm-hmm. middle upper class family, grew up in the suburbs, right? Um, and yeah, it was that traditional Midwestern born in the 80s upbringing. Midwestern born in the 80s upbringing. So polite, greed is good. Um, well, okay, so there's just the four of you, right? But so you get. Yeah. You kind of rely on each other, right? As a family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I come from a family of four as well. Two kids, two parents. And you kind of rely on each other. Did you guys often uh, growing up, like, is it something, let's just say you had a shitty day at school and you came home because maybe you were, were picked on because your name didn't have enough L's in it or something. Mm-hmm, yeah. Is, is, is that something that you felt like you could talk about how you felt down and felt bad about that? Was it that type of household? No. Uh, and, and I pause there because, you know, my family is, is filled with love. Like, it's funny when I, when I talk through, uh, I don't know, life and finding my partner and all of that, it was always, I want this same thing I see with my parents. My parents have so much love for each other, but emotions weren't allowed to be discussed. And I shouldn't say allowed, like sure they were allowed, but it's just, they weren't discussed in my family. Um, my parents hid every emotion. Like love existed, mm-hmm. and that was it. You wouldn't get to see any ounce of pain or fear or anything. It was like non-existent. I and I think that was part of that happy Midwestern family of you put on the facade and the fake mask of like. It's all good <laughs> at right. all times. So, uh, yeah, my dad especially. Oh my gosh, never, never. The man worked a job, he hated his entire life for saw an ounce of really pain or anguish or anything. Just always fine, right? Always fine. Now so- he curses like a sailor and like lets his emotions out in a different way. But like, you're never gonna hear him say like, "I'm unhappy." Just I'm fine. It, and that's still so it's always been oh no 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 i'm i'm fine uh yeah. and but you never like so he did your dad have a temper yes but that would be for like stupid things like i broke the lawnmower you would see him erupt into chaos um or <laughs> the chicago cubs lost oh. again we uh, would man after my hear own emotions precisely yes. but uh but no, never, you know, like the things that I don't know matter more. There's, there's not, nah, you, you bottle it up and you, you save it for later. Or like my parents, I'm sure had deep conversations between the two of them, but never in front of my brother and I ever. Well, yeah. And as you said, love was always there. And it seems like it was a, perhaps a protective measure of theirs to, I think so, to think say so. like, you know what, uh, Jill and, and, man jill uh don't need to hear about our bad days which you know i can i respect the hell out of that that's for sure and you know your brother you say he's only 17 months older than you so that's pretty close very close we uh we're mistaken for twins often we 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 look alike um 
But yeah, we and we had a really good like childhood together, right? We are similar but different. Uh, we're both nerds, mm-hmm. if you wanted to de- define it that way. Um, but I think a big difference was him being one made him like an outcast, where me being one, I don't know, somehow gained me more friends. Um, and made it where I just found other people like me or, or I, you know, was able to talk video games and stuff with the guys. So got a bunch of guy friends and like, we just kind of socially in our upbringing lived very different lives. Um, as that I, I, I was well aware that he didn't have many friends because not many friends came over and mm. like. I knew that, I don't know, I think school was hard for him and like the quote unquote popular kids weren't very nice, but I don't know, the popular kids weren't nice to, to me either. And I also was a child and I was focused on my own friends. So um, yeah, it was it was interesting, but we were very close. Even as little kids, you know, as siblings will be who just pester each other and play and do whatever. We played a lot of video games together. What were some um, of your favorite video games? Well, the, the basically anything created by Maxis, now known as Electronic Arts, was oh, was like EA. Uh, okay, well, I, all I know is EA Sports because um, I don't know if you yeah. knew this, but it's in the game. It is in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but uh, I was very all the the Sim line of everything. Right, you got mm. Sim Tower, you got Sim City, you got Sim mm-hmm. Ant, you got you know Sim Earth. You have just all 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 the Sim, and then of course the Sims was like the end all be all for me. But um, so you, those are my favorite. Do you think we're in a simulation? By the way, no. Yeah, uh, the, the no. I don't think we are either but that was the i believe the first episode i was on of hysteria 51 the wonderful podcast that brent uh co-created and co-hosts and um it fucked my brain up man i i i didn't didn't make me feel good at all so they're like hey we want to make kevin feel uncomfortable some more you should come back on next week and i did <laughs> oh good job kevin <laughs> so would you would you guys that's kind of fun though right so and you know my sister um like your brother, I believe, um, both are not doctors. And my sister, she is three and a half years older than me, but we always, well, we fought all the time, but we Mm -hmm. always had each other's back and we still do to this day. And so growing up with that, I think is, is a really, it really shapes who you are as a person and probably how you build Sim Earths. Right. Yeah. So what, so he he was kind of an. Uh, you said you were both nerds. He didn't have uh, as many friends uh, in your recollection. Um, what would happen if something were go wrong around uh, you guys? And like, how would you yeah. guys would you guys react the same way, differently? Yeah, no, we we did not share it the same way, and I I think a lot of it probably would be around the way of how we reacted to one another and almost like apologizing right so i would do what a kid typically does which is probably say some half-assed apology like yeah i'm sorry <laughs> and, and i'd move on right if he pissed me if i pissed him on yeah i'm sorry and and then that was it um whereas my brother instead could get to this moment of like the most insane profuse apologizing you've heard come out of any aged human where it's just that relentless, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And like, I don't know what it was in me as a child. And this is going to sound so awful to say as a human being. Uh, I both was so annoyed by this quality my brother had. And I also like strived for it. So if my brother did something to piss me off and I was like, okay, brother, that upset me. I would like almost like poke and prod him and do whatever I could to get him to that breaking point of like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because to me, that's how I knew he meant it. That's how I knew he meant it. And then I would be all annoyed and be like, oh my gosh, just shut up. I don't want you to say that anymore. Um, But it's weird because not a single other soul I knew would ever get to that moment, would ever get to this this relentless I'm sorry. it's not how any of my friends reacted. It's not how anyone else, but it was unique with my brother 
And I, I, as I, I remember pushing it. And it, again, feels real gross to say out loud now, uh, but it was something that that just happened in our childhood. So, it, and it was it was a, it was a defining characteristic of his that not only annoyed you, but it was something that you would push him towards because yeah. you knew he was not bullshitting when he was when he got to that point. Is kind of what you're yeah, saying, right? Because it was so raw, right? It was like this pure emotional raw moment once he reached that. So like compulsive. Oh, it was it was yeah. Which again, pretty gross for your sibling to do that, but uh. <laughs> I mean, I was a kid. <laughs> I think uh, we we all, uh, except for me, uh, have done things to our siblings that you know we we probably look what back on. Do? I've also never apologized. So, mm. um, but Good. that aside, okay, you guys kind of uh, pushing, as you said, poking and prodding. That's mm-hmm. going to happen with any mm-hmm. sibling. You guys mm-hmm. were still pretty close buddies, yeah. We really were. You know that all 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 of my lovely qualities aside, um. We were really good buddies. And it, again, we, we like didn't share friends, but at the same point, if my friends were over, he'd kind of hang out with us or if his friends were over, I'd hang out with, you know, like we, we were in the same space. We were only one grade apart school wise. Um, and yeah, we were really good buddies and it was, it was lovely. And it even, it got so much better even once like college came and went, right? College is crazy. And I, was a typical college kid and spent a lot of time. And then I met my now partner and like our life started together and all of this. And my partner and my um, brother became really good friends. And like, there was just all this beautiful like relationship kumbaya happening. And once we were like in that adulthood moment, my brother became so important to me and became more than just a sibling and a brother. Like he was one of my closest friends every day when we were at work. We would be talking to each other, you know, once we both got to the point of like desk jobs, we would be on those, you know, uh, I don't know, it was probably AIM back then, AOL Instant Messenger, sure. or Google Chat or something like that, right? Like we would talk to each other every single day. And it was, it was stupid shit. I know it was. It was, you know, about current events or about what we were eating for dinner or what TV shows we were watching. But like we were in each other's lives Every single day, he was there for me. I was here, there for him. Um, and then one day he wasn't. He, uh, <laughs> bah, 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 so I was dramatic. really enjoying that story. I, I was going to say we could end right there, but okay. Um, right. There's nothing sad about this. No. Jill, okay. What so are you talking about? <laughs> you guys are talking and you know, you say, oh, we didn't really talk about anything consequential, but that's one of the best things about having a close relationship like that is yeah. Yeah. you can talk about what season of Frasier is your favorite mm-hmm. or you can talk about, oh my God, I'm really worried about X, Y, or Z. And yeah. it's going to have, you're going to have the same level of trust. Yeah. But you're saying that that was what was going on for a long time and then it wasn't. So. And that stopped. What, what do you think changed? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know for sure. Right. And, and so at this moment I, I do a lot of like reflecting and looking back. So I, I, it's, it's like, it's like ultimate story time. I think now if, if you're ready for it, I'm ready for like ultimate story time. I, I am ready. Uh, Brinson is Jamie's. Aw, yeah. it's a good, it's a good cozy position yes. to be in. Mm-hmm. We got to the point where, you know, both of our lives were, were we, we hit that adulthood moment, right? I have a really great job. Um, I'm married at this point. Uh, my brother, he found who his partner is going to be. He's now married. Like everything's coming really great. Um, I, and, and I don't know what kickstarted it. I'm really competitive. Um, so I don't know if it's the fact that, you know, what what started it all is the fact that, like, I got married first, right? I, I remember as a kid being so competitive with my brother for things he can't control. Like, you're the one that gets to graduate first and go to college first and do all these things because he was older than me. Um, he can't control any of that shit, but I would always be so upset about it. And for some reason, this aspect around, like, this major life milestone of getting married, I was able to do it first. I, I promise my the world and my husband and everything i did not pettily marry him just to do that <laughs> but it was like a ding, accomplishment 
that perhaps was rubbed in people's faces because I was really excited. Do you mean, do you mean rubbed in your, like you rubbed it in your brother's face? I think I actually rubbed it in his face, but by it happening, I think it just naturally yeah. took place, right? I, uh-huh. I'm, we're a family of two and I get married first. I'm going to get some attention from that. Sibling rivalry um, to a T. To a T. So, you know, there's some of that happening. There's also, you know, like my parents, I adore them. I made a very conscious choice to stay very close proximity to them. Um, so there is a moment where they sold our childhood home. They moved to the city, right? I also was in the city um, and things like that. And we made it where we were always near each other. And they also like reciprocated that thankfulness of being close by, you know, taking over childcare when my first child was born, which then made me and my parents grow, grow, grow even closer together than we were before. Cause now they're grandparents. Um, this was the first moment of being grandparents and they're in my life every day helping me with my kids. So at this point too, um, your brother is still somebody you're speaking when your, your first child is born, your brother is somebody that you're still speaking to every day at that point. Oh yeah. We're talking every day. Um, you know, he, he's at the hospital when my kid is born, there's, there's frequent conversation happening, um, and everything like that. And, and it was beautiful, right? It was this like magical, my brother's an uncle, yay moment. And like, you know, his wife is now an aunt to my kid. Yay. Like, this is all so lovely. Um, and yeah, but things, I don't know, were like shifting, you know, my, my brother, uh, got married, um, as, as mentioned, but it was via an, an elopement that none of us were made aware of until after the fact. Um, there was a wedding that they were planning. Weddings are oh. hell of expensive. Yes. So wedding was canceled and they eloped and then told us after that they eloped, um, which like, cool. I also technically eloped, but like with my parents and my brother there, we like planned it and they came. Um, and so that, I don't know, probably should have been like an alarm bell of like, you're having this really big life moment and you don't want us there. Maybe something's happening. I don't know. And then. Uh, what was the reasoning he gave for the elopement? Was it because the wedding or because weddings are expensive and it was just too much and they just wanted to get it over with? Uh, yeah. Yes. And um, they wanted to have this private moment between the two of them. Mm. Have they heard of a bed and breakfast? <laughs> uh, I mean, who am I to say? It is a beautiful. That was moment. that was. Uh, I don't mean to make a joke at their expense. I just really like bed and breakfasts. Beds and breakfast are they like attorneys general? Wade, look that up. Okay, so he elopes, right. and every and maybe at the time you weren't like, oh, this is kind of weird, but it was definitely a weird but yeah. it was like okay i i get you do you i guess um and then he got a big wig job out in san francisco and they let us know this was like early 2013 that they'd be moving out there cool beans go live your like high tech life right he's uh he's in the tech world um really excited everyone's really supportive uh they moved cross country and that was like a, a poof gone I okay. did okay. not talk to my brother the same way after that happened. So did that, it was like that, uh, like to use the metaphor, like a light switch. Like it was just like yeah. one day you're talking and then one day you got on chat or AOL or, yeah. you know, hotmail, hotmail. What the hell am I, I talking about? I don't know about? if they had a chat, Kevin. I don't think they did. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. You got on your chat apparatus yeah. And your brother just wasn't there or did you try to text him? Like, was it something that dramatic, like a record scratch moment? Or was it like, oh, maybe he's gone today and we'll we'll try again tomorrow? No, like it was like a record scratch moment. It was wild. So he was on chat, right? It's one of those things. You have green bubbles next to you. I mm-hmm. could see he was there. Wouldn't talk to me. Wouldn't respond. It was like, what is happening? Would try to text him. Wouldn't hear back. Would try to call him. Wouldn't hear back. Meanwhile, my parents doing the same thing. He's not talking to any of them either. It was just this weird moment of like, you knew we were moving cross country and then poof, we're not going to talk to anyone anymore. Um, and it and it erupted into this really big moment of like, I don't know, maybe I'll hear from you. Maybe I won't. Uh, again, 
didn't get any responses. So I switched to that lovely form of communication called email, where like it shows up in your inbox and you read it at your own leisure, but then you're going to say things via words that get misconstrued and it's not great. And so, uh, yeah, our communication turned into email and I was like, I was mad, I was sad and brokenhearted. And so I reacted by going right back to how I was in my childhood of like, let me try to get you to this profuse apology moment. Let me try to find a way to get you to be like, oh, that's what did it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So I think through every, I mean, this was the first email I sent him after he moved out there where I'm like, you need to call your parents. You're making your mom cry. She can't eat any food. I'm sobbing in front of my child who's your niece. And like, do you want that to be weighted on your shoulders? And it was so grossly dramatic. And for the first time in my life, I got no response. You didn't get the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Of course not. No, so, I got I got nothing. I did not get a response. Um, at least not immediate. I expected an immediate response, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what always used to happen. And it was silence. Um, I'm curious, when you were sending that email and saying those things, um, did you know that you were, were, were doing that to get him to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry? Uh, oh, yes. Or, and did you feel bad about that? At that time of life? No. Okay. That was like, this is how we communicate. This is this is how we work in this family. We push each other. Because again, we don't talk about our emotions. We we don't we don't share when we're in pain. We don't do anything, but you push each other to this emotional disastrous breaking point. And that's when you're allowed to showcase you're upset or you're sad or you're mad, right? You you can't do it in any other way. It's just an explosion. So I used every manipulative bit I could in this email I sent to him, and it didn't work. Did you say you're acting just like my employee who rolls his eyes at me all the time? Oh, my God. Oh, you should have done that. <laughs> I, pro- I probably did. And I think the 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 way that he replied was almost like he was employee. I, I'm not kidding when I say I he customer serviced me. That was my reply back to him. Okay, what does that His, mean? I mean, I kind of know what that means uh, just from some of the work that we've done, but what do yeah. you mean by he customer serviced you? He custer- so I said this very long, passionate, again, manipulative uh, message to him. And I get a response back that like, if AI had existed back in that day when it happened, I would have said it was written by an AI bot. Like he typed a prompt in and and some formal AI bot is what wrote back this response. But um, no, it was just a really formal response. It was not using any of the normal language he uses or normal practices. It, it had like perfectly formed grammar and sentences and and just was so rigid in saying like, I apologize that this happened and I am sorry you feel that way and I am okay. I am just busy. And like, it was just so emotionless, Mm -hmm. which naturally was the exact opposite of everything. I think it even ended with like some, what I would consider like bullshit customer service response that we would give people back in our days together. Um, And so my (laughs) response to him was like, you customer serviced me. I can't believe that. Like, fuck off. Did um, you then send him to the BBB or? Oh, no. See, God damn it, Can Jill. I go back in time? Uh, Brent? Yes, Brent is saying yes, you can. Appreciate Congratulations. it. Congratulations. Will do. Yeah. Will do. Um, but no, so it. What was his response when you said you customer service me? Was it nothing, more of the same? No, nothing. Didn't and even so respond. No. And so that's what started the breakdown, right? That's that's what started a really awful time in my life. Of again, like I loved my brother and and still do, right? Um so tremendously. He was such an important person in my life and it just like a poof is the only thing I could say. I mean, it of course it wasn't just a poof, but it felt like a poof, right? And it was this one disastrous email that was sent that just really like kind of reshaped our landscape. We 
couldn't, I, I, I couldn't talk to him. I was hurt. Um, you know, even though I'm the one that now knows I was being manipulative and things like that uh, at, at the time I was so brokenhearted. I didn't understand because he was giving no valid reasons as to why he wouldn't talk to me, why he wouldn't talk to his mom, um, why he wouldn't talk to my dad. Right. And so we're all doing anything we can. And that is sending emails because he would reply to emails. It would take a few days. Um, but every now and then he'd reply to them. And so, uh, yeah, for me personally, I just kind of stopped. I, I safeguarded myself. I couldn't handle the, like, let me send an email and wait for a reply and wait for a reply and hope I get a reply or let's see what mean thing I can say in this email to try to get a response out of you. Like at, at, at some point I just realized nothing of my childhood tactics, uh, and sibling antics were working. And so I just stopped because I did have a young child at the time. And I was like, I need to do what my parents did, which was fake it, right? I need a happy smile on my face. I can't showcase these emotions. I can't cry in front of my kid all the time. What is a little baby going to think if they see their mom crying all the time? So like, I cut it off. Um, I stopped talking to him. And it's not like he was talking to me. It's not like I was the one that stopped it. We, I just, I stopped trying. I stopped trying to reach out. You said um, there was one email that kind of blew it all up. Is that, are you referring to the email that you sent that said you're making mom cry, all that yes. stuff? Or, okay, yes. Got it. it was the mm -hmm. first email. It was week one of him moving out there. So it did not take long, um, but it was week one. And it's because it was just such an abrupt change, right? It was, I literally went from the week before talking to him every single day to not talking to him at all, not getting any response. Um, and never getting an answer why. And, and so he so never it, said it, this is about X, Y, or Z. No, never, never. What did you think it was about at the time? Um, I had every excuse under the sun in my head. I had, um, you know, his wife is manipulating him or, you know, he is, I don't know, up to no good, or maybe they didn't actually move to San Francisco, you know, something horrendous happened, or I'd have just, I don't know, I have a crazy imagination. Well, lots of wild things. Uh, there was a lot, but you never heard a specific, this is what's going on, and here's why yeah. I've decided to, you know, put a boundary between us. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Never heard, never heard any specifics, which was, which was difficult, right? I think it's hard to try to understand a situation when you are being given so little from the one side. And on your side, you're really hurt, right? Like at the end of the day, I was tremendously hurt from going from talking to him all the time to not talking at all. At, at um, this point, were you able to discuss these emotions and this, this emotional situation with your parents in a oh, different yeah. way than you did as kids because now you're all in it together as adults? Yeah, I think that's actually a, a very interesting perspective that, yes, Write now that down, all of a Brent. sudden, um, <laughs> Kevin said something interesting yes, and fascinating yes. and delightful. Uh, no, that suddenly I, my mother and I are communicating often about our emotions and how we're feeling and how this is making both of us upset, right? And for the first time in a long time, I'm frequently seeing and hearing my mother cry and be upset and all these things, which is also gut-wrenching in its own right. You, it, We live in a society where you want so much happiness, right? Like, sadness is hard. You don't want to exist in a state of sadness. You want to exist in this happiness in this life. Um, and so it was difficult to be in that, and I wanted to fix it. I, want, I wanted to try to fix it, but I, as I said, I got to a point where I was like, exactly what my parents did? Nope. I'm, I'm, I, I, need, I need to, like, block this out. And just let it be its thing. So my brother and my mother continued this insane back and forth email communication. Um, if if you thought some of the things I was saying in my email were intense, my mother was caking it on 10,000 times worse. So she was really coming at it with all the emotions in the emails um, and really trying to get him to, I don't know, showcase something, some kind of emotion back, I guess, for the first time ever. Um, wanted an emotion, but wasn't really getting anything. And it all bubbled up to this moment where there was this like masterfully crafted email he sent out of the blue. 
This um, hilariously, I do remember, was in response to my mother sending him an email with the subject of goodbye. And my brother's next email was the subject of hello. Um, because drama. Uh, drama. Okay, a couple things. Uh, if yeah. you guys turn that around, that's a Beatles song. Number one hit, Brent. <laughs> Two, um, that smart ass, uh, I'm editorializing here. Mm-hmm. But the the smart ass response of saying hello to a goodbye, it's very Kevin. So <laughs> it's very Kevin. Um, very Kevin. But so, it all it all bubbled up to this master masterfully crafted email of his of hello um, that uh, interesting enough it sounded like a coming out letter of some kind, right? Some way, shape, or form, some form of a coming out letter. It was worded in, uh, you know. I've been hiding myself my entire life. My wife's the only one that, that really knows who I am. I was hiding myself because I was ashamed of who I was. Really intense language. Um, and it's interesting because he 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 never said it, but it was all about anxiety and depression. That's what he was referencing. Um, so he was ashamed that he had anxiety. He was ashamed that he had depression. Yes. And he was basically implying... I've only been comfortable to speak with my wife about this in my whole life. And only she, maybe was he kind of saying only she understands? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that was uh, not a thing you're allowed to discuss in my family. We we are not individuals with anxiety or depression. So you don't talk about them. Dude, can I be adopted by your family? Oh, wouldn't it be fun? Well, that would I mean, you, take care you, of a lot I of my problems. would enjoy my parents. But. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so um, he said that, and then you're so you're sorry. I want to back up a second. Your mom sent the goodbye email, and this was more of the I. She was basically saying I can't do this anymore, and that's why she said goodbye. And this hurts me so much. Yes, and yes, and then he says, um, you know, I've struggled with X, Y, or Z, or he didn't even say that. He just said, you know, I've never been care, um, comfortable talking about this. Did your mom respond to that? I believe so. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't recall a hundred percent, but yes, I'm going to say yes, because I remember that like communication kind of started up again a little bit. Um, like they were in a decent place, right? I, 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 I think he was able to say what he needed to say and they kind of started talking and sending these emails irregularly, but they happened. Um, there was a blip where I was able to start talking to him more again. Um, I, I, we even got to the point of of my whole family and my parents were going to go visit him in San Francisco. It ended up getting canceled for, um, you know, uh, re- re- reasons on his end that I don't really need to divulge. But okay. um, but we were uninvited, uh, not related to anything we said. It was more a situation with he and his his wife, um, and that moment was like just yet another breaking moment of me going from. Okay, cool. We kind of started talking again. This is nice. We're going to go visit you. This is nice. And then this weird moment where we were invited. I mean, it was a week before we're uninvited. So then I was like, nah, I can't do this again. I need to go back to this place of safeguarding my feelings and really protecting my own emotions. Um, and that was like early 2014. It, it crushed my mom. My mom was was pretty devastated. And so from early 2014 to end of 2014... I I think it was minimal communication all around. I know for me, it, it was like nothing. Um, I I can't obviously speak a hundred percent for what took place between my my mother and my brother, but um, and then suddenly he let us know around the end of 2014 he was moving back, coming back to the Midwest. Oh wow! Um, yeah, he missed and all all of the seasons. I, he must have missed all of our seasons. Oh. Uh, but he instead said because they wanted to be close to family um oh, which okay. was this like amazing moment in my head and my heart and my life of oh my gosh like coming back this is gonna be great maybe maybe things will get back to how they were before maybe it was just the san francisco air i don't know right <laughs> maybe it can all return to how it once was um and so yeah he came back and it was a really interesting dynamic like i don't know for a hot second he even like rented a condo that i was trying to sell um from me but i i think too much 
had changed uh that it was really hard to go back mm-hmm. um there's a lot of hurt and, feelings and probably on there's both a lot sides. of hurt feelings and then just a lot of like you know it was it was this it was it was a full year that all of this transpired in and just so much had changed the reason why we were selling that condo is because i actually ended up buying a home with my parents so now like i'm even closer not in just emotional and relationship wise but proximity with my parents um I was pregnant with my second kid. I never even told him. So when I see him in person for the first time again in a year, it's surprise, by the way, I'm pregnant. Uh, and it's been months and I never told you because we weren't talking. And so we like, go from he's at the hospital, I believe you said, for your first daughter being born. And, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, oh, I'm going to be an uncle and all this stuff, too. Now, you because of the breakdown shared. of communication. I- it just wasn't shared yeah. with him. Okay. Not mm-hmm. even getting shared on major life events. So, yeah. um, and so he was back and like things felt cool for a second. I, I remember all of us trying to, in some really calm, cool, collected way, air what happened. And it was less like, tell us what happened. It was more just let's bygones be bygones and let's put the past in the past and just like embrace things and move forward. Right. And, um, that's that was the approach I took, uh, and kind of talked here and there, sure, but it it really was never like it was before. And like we saw him for a major events or you know around holidays for the holidays themselves. He and his partner always wanted to share those together. Um, mm. And yeah, even though like even today we're all in the same Midwest area, right? We're all in Chicagoland. I have not seen or spoken to him since 2017 um and there was no breaking point there was no moment of like this catastrophic thing happened there was no email I, there was no poking and prodding nothing like that happened it just like fizzled away and i think it was just this really tumultuous breakdown in communication and then honestly i i i think it was just the anxiety and um we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna play like a fast forward game now oh wow that's exciting uh they right? say be kind rewind but let's just fast forward through through that so 2017 right. so as of recording this that's six years ago yes. and um at that point so when you last spoke with them how old were your kids Ooh, I stumped Make me her. do math. That's hard. Five and two. Five and two. Okay. Yeah. How old are your kids now? They're 11 and eight. Wow. Yeah. Because that, that's math. I did math for you. I'm proud of Hey, proud of you. Just don't customer Thanks, service Kevin. me. <laughs> I won't customer service you. But uh, what I think is 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 wild because the world and, and I don't know, genetics, um, my oldest is a replica of my brother um how do you mean she's you know for an 11 year old she's nerdy but in an outcast way she's an empath she feels the weight of the world around her that's exactly like my brother my brother wanted wants nothing more than for everyone to be like loved and happy and that's exactly like my oldest um and yeah, it was the pandemic, right? 2020, 2021, where we started noticing with my oldest um, signs that her life was getting really hard, right? And and she wasn't sleeping like ever. Um, and friendships were difficult. Um, and she just was like, constantly filled with worries and the world's different now right again born in the 80s um i i think at least where i grew up and and how i grew up mental health was not something you talked about right it's not Mm -hmm. like we had social emotional learning taking place in elementary schools like we do now um we didn't have anything like that and and i know from how i was as a kid Therapy wasn't something you ever used unless it was like, oh, shit's real bad, right? Like, 
we're really, really concerned for this person in, in some way, shape, or form. Otherwise, you didn't really do it. And again, that's at least from my upbringing um, how it was. And I'm looking at my my kid who I just see her crumbling and struggling. And like, I, I didn't know what word to put to it. Um, but I knew it wasn't good and it wasn't healthy. And so, yeah, fall of 2021, we got her signed up for therapy. Um, now, like, how, you know, how did your, your parents are still close in their lives, I'm sure, in, in, your, oh, yes, in, your, yes. in your kids' lives. How did they, was that a difficult conversation to have when you decided to yeah. do that? Yeah, it was, um, I wouldn't say it was a difficult conversation because I just, I don't know, uh, one human being with my parents but i i remember um telling my mother that we were getting her into it and her first reaction <laughs> uh was oh gosh you best be ready for the therapist to tell you that everything is your fault because you're the parent and that's what therapists do um oh is that what they and do I d uh, that's that's what therapists do don't oh you know? okay i didn't um, know that never been to one i i remember um responding with oh shit do i hope so like god would it be so great if all of her problems were actually caused by me because then like i'm in control and mm. i know that i can change something and that would be the easiest answer to all of this um but it said no she she uh is diagnosed with generalized anxiety um i do not have that i i'm not an anxious human being so uh, a big reason why we did therapy is because I don't know how to help her. I, I haven't lived this life. I haven't lived these experiences. Um, and so I don't know how to help her navigate this world when, you know, she's eight, nine, 10, 11, and she's struggling to just get through the day because she's so riddled with anxiety. So we went to a therapist. Um, let me, let me and, say a quick kudos to you and your partner. And then for, realizing hey i might not be the best um best to help our child with this so let's go to a therapist you know a lot of parents maybe i assume might be too proud to do that or you know might not think it's even worth it so as somebody as somebody who as a kid had really bad anxiety um i also had my parents do that for me uh, mm -hmm. And it, it made a world of difference, and, and I'm yeah. thankful to them, yeah. and, and I, I give kudos to you and your partner for that as well. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It um, felt like such a natural response, but again, I, I fully recognize that the time we're in, what is it? Do we call this the 2020s? This the well, 2020s? according to um, most radio stations, I believe it's still called today, because it's usually hits from the 80s, 90s, and today. Oh. And today is now 23 years old. Um, well, isn't that fun? So too well, old for Matt Gates. In in the in the today's, uh, you know, mental health is is a thing we get to discuss open and honestly. We get to do podcasts called Sad Times, yes. where like you get together to talk about sad yes. times in your life, right? Like it's it's just such a wildly different world than how I grew up, and and for that i'm i'm thankful cuz it opened up my eyes to oh this is something you can do and maybe should do right and it is wild to see right two years have passed since she started therapy and it, have you have you how, seen it's oh, been such a difference oh that's such wonderful a positive difference like of course you know it's not like she's i'm putting quotation marks around this in my head cured right it's not like this is something you cure but um, she has, we call it tools in her tool belt. She has tools in her tool belt to help her navigate her day. And Good. it is. And does she feel so a beautiful. stigma around it? Not at all. Gosh, God, no. She good. tells all of her friends, all of her friends. Hell yeah. It. They all openly talk about it. It's the coolest thing. And I, and, and, and that is where so much tremendous, uh, sadness it erupts into my soul. It's like witnessing how, again, she reminds me so much of my brother. Um, and just like the difference his life could have been, or like the upbringing that could have been provided or just anything. Like, I don't think my, my parents really even understood what anxiety is when they were raising us. Um, because if they did, and I think, you know, because, be especially because like now 
my mother uh, sees how much of an impact it's made in my child's life and celebrates that therapy, right? The same thing she poo-pooed the instant I brought up to her. She's like, I'm so glad you did this. Look at how amazing this is. And she's been like, also said, gosh, I wish we knew we could have done that for him, you know? Um, and did and she so, also yeah. say too, before uh, your your child went into therapy, when you saw that he was, excuse me, that she was very much like your brother, was your mother of that opinion as well? Was she seeing that? Was that something you discussed or not, not at all? Mm, I don't think I discussed it very much with her because that was a touchy, so, right? Anything around my brother has become just a touchy subject yeah, because sad because sadness right sadness and emotions still 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 ring through in in the brain because that's how i was raised but um but yeah it just is wild to think about you know i don't know they tell you when you become a parent it changes your perspective on anything and oh boy are they right um so it's it's been crazy to see what i feel like are two very similar situations and the difference that even two years of therapy was able to provide for my kid from a young age. Um, and you know how I, I don't know, wish that time travel did exist. Like we talked about earlier, cause I wish we could go back in time and be able to help my brother. Cause I, I, I think, you know, and this is, this is also me inferring a lot, um, because I don't talk to him anymore, but I do, you know, I, I know that anxiety is something that has riddled his life as as he let us know for his entire life and just nothing was ever done about it and that's heartbreaking and it's it's it it's me thinking about also the shit i used to do to my brother and like oh my gosh if my poor kid had to go through that it's like that's so crappy to have this little shit sibling that's like making your anxiety worse to get a breaking point out of you because it's the only way emotions are felt. Um, I don't know. It's just an insane way to live. And it's one of those, like, as the years have gone by, um, I do not fully, you know, understand the situation of why my brother made the decisions he did to, to you know, separate himself from the family because we've never had those very open conversations. Um, and I don't know if we ever will, but I feel like I get it more. I feel like I understand it. Um, I feel like, you know, if, if family perhaps is a source of anxiety to save yourself, maybe you need to cut it out. Um, and that is hard. But at this point, I'm like, good for you. <laughs> like, like honest and truly with every adoring heart of my soul, like good. Like, I'm glad that you have realized what you need in life um, to find comfort and happiness and things like that and and i've always told that to my mom when she gets really upset of like i think the saving grace here is the fact that deep down um he, he you know he's a wonderful human he worships his wife he um is smart he's funny he's kind you know he's all these amazing things and like Sure, he's not really in our lives now, but believe he's doing that because it's what he needs to be happy, right? And 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 as a parent, your goal is to have a happy kid. Mm. And maybe maybe that means he doesn't talk to his sister, right? And he, I, I do think he's talking to my mom every now and then, but um like on the phone? That's, no, no, still an email. Email. Um mm -hmm. but uh as I said, I, I haven't I haven't reached out. At this point, I fear it would bring more anxiety for me to do so for him. And I'm like, that is not what I want to do anymore after knowing, you know, he's, he's lived with it for so long. So isn't, isn't it um, interesting too to, to think about the beginning of this conversation, you, you're brave enough to admit, Hey, I did this shitty stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now you're, you're taking the opposite tack. Like I'm not going to even reach out to say hello because I do not want to engender the same reaction from him. Yeah. So that yeah, says a lot which, about you. Well, thanks. Um, it's also protective measures of like, I don't want to send something and get no response because that no, would be heartbreaking fair. all over again. But it, but it, it, it also comes from, I mean, I led with the, I don't want to cause him any more anxiety because I see what that shit can do to my kid. And it's like, oh yeah, 
if 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 an action like that would cause her anxiety probably going to cause him some so um yeah it's 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 just an interesting perspective and it's one of those i don't know i find comfort in knowing that i believe he's living a life of happiness at some point at some point i might reach out um I don't, I don't know though, cause I don't know if that's what he needs or wants. And it's like, I want him to live his life in a happy way. Do you, well, this is probably the most obvious question, but do you miss him? Oh yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, which sucks. But at this point, it's one of those, I mean, if you go back and look at the evidence, it's like, nah, I wasn't real great to you. <laughs> Especially, but again, I, I I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm making myself sound like a monster a little bit, which is hilarious because um, I'm a very kind, empathetic human as well. But, uh, you know, and sibling dynamics are just interesting and, and different. But in looking back at it all with the lens of knowing, oh, you have anxiety and oh, I now see it every day firsthand with my child. Um it's like, oh shit, this is gross. Like legit, that's what I, it's gross. Like just the way the things that I, I, you know, pushed and prodded to try to get a reaction. Um. So yeah, I. But I, I, I do. I, I miss him a lot. I mean, I said he was like my best friend, my confidant. We talked all the time. Um. And there's still just stupid things that'll happen in life where I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be funny to share this with my brother because we used to always talk about this kind of topic um mm. and i just like smile about it now and try to move on or, or get sad because it's okay to be sad as i always tell my children um we're okay for sad you know it's one of our emotions but um but yeah it is sad yeah. i do miss him well i i i really um can't thank you enough for coming on and and kind of not kind of uh, uh in relaying this this uh, what i know is a very difficult part of your life yeah um and you know when i back when we first knew each other um was what was in the days when you guys were talking every day and i would come into your mm -hmm. office to i don't know complain that the sky was blue or something and you would be uh talking to your brother and i always loved that because you know it's very similar to uh my sister and i uh and to hear you know as it has transpired to hear it, it it's very difficult to hear but it's also really good to hear that one you're in an, a better place with it two that that your um your daughter is doing so much better and that it 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 you're able to to learn uh, about people from from all of these instances and you know we mm -hmm. all go through this shit and sometimes the only thing we can take out of it is is not a sense of closure or any of that it's just what we can learn or take from it so yeah. thank you so much for coming on um and and sharing that and you know as we're wrapping up is there anything else that you would like to say that maybe you didn't have a chance to say uh, during the episode? No, I, I think you kind of hit on it at the end there is, is I, I do, you know, again, years out from all the events of bullying, ten, 10 years out from when, you know, I sent a catastrophic, cruel email um, and all these things. If, if nothing else, yeah, there's been a big, learning moment and i think that's a big part of life is is learning and um as shitty as it's gonna sound to say I, or there's sound or whatever that saying is is my brain melts um i'm like thankful it happened if it means i'm able to help my kid get mm. through it now mm -hmm. um you know if i needed to sacrifice like a relationship that meant a lot to me in order to help my kid navigate this world better then i guess that's like the cruel punishment of the way the world turns for me. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll take it. Um, if it can be saved at some point, that would be beautiful. But um, knowing that this entire experience has helped shape me and get my kid the help needed, I, I think, yeah, fascinating how the world works, and and thankful to have learned. That's great, and I think that's a great place to end. And you know, Jill, Kevin. Thank you. Now, 
let's figure out the Cubs next time we talk because they piss me off. But that'll be the next episode that we talk. Thank you so Sounds much. Good. Thanks, Kevin. And to everyone else out there, I will end the show the same way I always do. Please remember that there's always room for kindness and grace, even within ourselves. And if you know somebody who could really benefit from hearing this show, please pass it on, allow them to hear these stories. And just remember that there's always room for kindness and grace. And we'll see you next time on Sad Times. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.